You know, you say, they say we should pay 5K. Your uncle said, no, I'll give you 2K. I said, ah, go to work. So I got tired of that life, and I came back home one day, and I said, God, I'm not, I'm not going to do this anymore. So I started to read my Bible, and I started to find things about money. And I started to implement it. I started to implement it. I, I bought my first stocks at the age of 16. At the age of 27, my senior pastor called me and said, oh, he needed someone to work with um, his wife then. And at 27, I was confident to leave my job. I took a major salary cut, left the official car, official driver, left all my commission. My commissions alone were in seven digits. In church, they don't pay commission. But I was willing to walk away from all of that to serve a purpose that I knew God was calling me to because I had gotten to a point where money was no longer my motivation to work or live. I had learned how to put my money in motion such that if I never worked a day in my life, I would never be poor. And that's why we're talking about money. And that's, why, that's what the Bible says. The Bible says that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. That's the kind of wealth God wants children to have. Not the kind of wealth that we don't know the person that started Okin Biscuits because it's no longer in existence. Actually, statistics have shown that a lot of African companies do not outlive the founders. Why? We don't know how to make it transgenerational. And it's not scriptural. So I believe that this morning I'm talking to a group of people that will leave an inheritance for their children's children. Not that we're encouraging laziness, but if your grandchildren decide never to walk a day in their life, they will be okay in the name of Jesus. That's the kind of wealth that God is calling us to. A wealth that transcends our generation. You see, man deals with you based on individuality. God deals with you based on generations. So God will say, Abraham, I will bless you, but I will bless your children's children. That's the operations of God. And that's the perspective I want us to have this morning. So we'll go to the first question, which is what is money, right? We all know money. Anybody wants to tell us what is money? Let's make it interactive so I don't, I'm not the only one talking at us. Anybody wants to help us? Legal tender. Great. Anyone else? What is money? We spend it every day. What is money? Anybody else? I heard we have a banker in our midst, and I was hoping that she was going to help us. What is money? I'm not looking at the banker. She knows herself. <laughs> okay, so let's just go into it. Um, I wrote here that money is the asset, property, or resources owned by someone. Money is an asset, property, or resources owned by someone. Money is more than a means of exchange. Money is more than a means. I will just look at a, a little bit of scriptures just before we go on. Ecclesiastes, we'll look at it because I think that the person that wrote it had a lot of insight. Please open your Bibles with me to Ecclesiastes 10 verse 19. It says, A feast is made for laughter, and wine makes merry, but money answers all things. Money cannot just be a means of exchange. It has to be more than paper. If not, it cannot answer all things. If money answers all things, then it's definitely more than paper. It's more than a means of exchange. Please open your Bibles with me also to Ecclesiastes 9. We read verses 15 and 16. It says, Now there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet 
no one remembered that same poor man. Then I said, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. So you can have wisdom, but if you are poor, your wisdom will not be heard. I told some member of 316, I said, poverty is an office. Somebody must feel it. You see, when they say poverty, it's not a curse. You know, we are Christian. I will never be poor. It's not a curse. It's not an anointing. I can't anoint you wealth. Bible says that God gives us power to make wealth, not grace to make wealth. There's a difference between grace and power. Power is ability to do. A hundred multiplied by zero will get you zero. So if God brings a hundred percent grace and your ability to do is still zero, you will get nothing out of it. So if you are wise, yet you are poor, your wisdom, according to Ecclesiastes, is counted as nothing. And poverty is an office. Scripture says, the poor you will always have with you. It's not that you will seldomly have with you. It says you will always. So definitely poverty is an office. Somebody must occupy. The question is, will it be you? It's up to you. It's not a cost. There are offices, like wealth is an office. Somebody must occupy it. Let's check Ecclesiastes 7 verses 12. It says, for wisdom is a defense, has money is a defense. Money is a defense. It's not only a means of exchange. So we're going to look at the different types of money because money is more than what you have in your bank. People assume that the fact that you don't have cash in your pocket or cash in bank, it means that you don't have money. No. Some people have money that is more than physical cash. So we're going to look at the different types of money and how to harness them because that's what we're talking about this morning. So the first one is what we are all familiar with. Please open your Bibles with me to John, 3 John. I'm reading scriptures because we're a church and we look at things from the perspectives of God. Hmm. 3 John 1. One second. 3 John 1. Third John 1 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Any money or prosperities, prosperity that takes away the prosperity of your soul, something is fundamentally wrong with it. So let's look at the types of money, right? Um, first of all is cash. We, are all, we all spend it. Cash, money that you have in your bank, money that you have put into stocks. Another type of money I find, I'm not talking about cash. We're going to go to cash a bit more because I'm going to talk about the different investment and all of that, right, and asset classes. But I, wanted, I want to focus a bit on the other types of money for a bit. Credibility is a money. Please open your Bibles with me to Proverbs 22. We're going to look at what credibility is. But credibility is money. And I'm going to crave your indulgence. I'm going to read it from the TPT translations. Proverbs 22 verse 1. It says, A beautiful reputation is more to be desired than great riches. And to be esteemed by others is more honorable than to own immense investments. That's how the TPT puts it your credibility, your name, your integrity. You will hear some people say, you take some people's name to the bank, doors will open for you. I remember one time Pastor Jimmy was um, sharing with us about, um, he wanted to get a passport for his daughter. And just the name Odukoya 
open door for him. So if you think that money is just the amount you have in your pocket, then you are grossly wrong because your name can determine what you get access to. Your reputation. There are some people, the only reason they will be poor is because anybody that comes near them, there's someone saying, ah, that man, don't deal with him. He does not have integrity. So people guard their assets, their money, the money in the bank, the money in their hand. They forget to guard their credibility, their reputation, their name, their integrity. Yet Proverbs tells us to esteem it more than investment and physical assets. Because there will be times where the money... Did you hear about the, the man that died? I can't remember his name now. This man that when he died at his funeral, they had Rolls Royce in the oil. But I must say, I can't remember there's one guy that died during COVID. They had Rolls Royce inside the hall. They put different Rolls Royce. They put all his Agbada on display. They put his avalanche of books on display. How come he died? He was looking for oxygen. And unfortunately, he couldn't find. They said at that point, the value for oxygen was 20 million naira. He brought 20 million naira cash, no check. He brought it out cash. Yet, no hospital took him. Money is more than cash. Guard your credibility. Guard your name. Guard your reputation, your integrity. It determines how far you go. And your reputation and your name can bring you physical cash. So sometimes we focus on the wrong set of things. So if we're looking at money, we have to look at it holistically. Your credibility is money. Another thing that is money is your company. Please open your Bibles with me to Proverbs 13, verses 20. 13, 20 says, If you want to grow in wisdom, spend time with the wise. Work with the wicked, and you will eventually become like them. Now, if this theory holds true, then if you want to be rich, work with the rich. If the theory that says if you or the principle that says if you want to be wise, what would we hear the general saying that if you have five rich friends, it's just a matter of time, you'll be the sixth one. If you want to be wise, work with the, your network, your relationship. A lot of time, you know, especially Christians, I don't want anybody to I don't want to rough my rough let them rough your feather. Make friends. Let people get on your nerves. Use them to practice patience and long-suffering. I'll be honest with you, right? When I started this coaching business, right? The f and I've never, I've never even done any adverts. I've never even put on Facebook that I coach. I just put random posts on, on finance. The first year I started, I made seven digits. Networks. My first clients were my friends. And then they came for a session... And then they told someone that told someone that told someone, first year of business, no social media promotion, no advertisement. I made seven digits. And I don't have overhead. There was COVID. I was working in my house. So I made seven digits profit. God, who you relate with. Make friends with, be intentional about your network. Not just kiss the rest of This year, one of my friends called me and said, oh, um, she had a group of people that she trains and she wanted me to come speak to them on cryptocurrency. So I came on the call and we had a good time for two hours. After two hours, I got four clients. Now, by the time they finished paying me, don't let me tell you how much I made. And I spoke at that event for free. So technically, what they paid me, even if I wanted to charge her, I wouldn't have charged her. 
Plus, they are now referring me to their friends. Be intentional about your network. Don't just come to church after service. You carry your bag and you are going home. I don't want anybody to disrespect me. It's just me and my girl. Yoruba will say, Shami and Shami. Don't just Shami by yourself. Shami with other people. You see, God will not come from heaven to bless you. He will use people. Let's just assume that your next business partner is our brother here. But every time you see him, you have shoulder pad. You will not bring your contract to his office. He too, he will not have his own shoulder pad and tell secretary to leave you outside. Meanwhile, if you have just been and say, oh, brother, good afternoon. God bless you, sir. When he says, oh, my church member, how are you? They, they won't delay you. But because you're shoulder pad, he will not kill you. Let's bring down our shoulder pads. And let's be intentional about our relationship. Relationship is currency. They call it social currency. Go to places where you will meet people. There are some people that God is still going to bring their husband to their bedrooms. Because you just go to the office. In your office, you don't have friends. And there's policy in your office. You cannot marry the person that you are. So you are, are, everybody's your brother and sister in the office. Then after office, you come to church. Church, after your pastors, you don't talk to anybody. Pastor, he cannot marry you. You see, after church, you now go back home and say, God, the man, the, the devil in my father. Your father said, they did not even see you. The demons there, they are not even considering you. They are not even, yeah, they are in the village. You will not be binding and losing. And God is wondering, when will you have sense? Your prayer point should be, God give me sense, not God give me man. Or woman. Because he applies both ways. Guard your network. Mingle and relate with people intentionally. Make up your mind that today after service, I won't go home without meeting one person. I'm not saying go to club. Go out. When you go to eat, you don't just be frowning. Who so by? Translate it in English. Be friendly. This is just the way I am. No, 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 no. You have just refused to grow and you are endorsing your laziness. Be friendly with people. Meet people. Network intentionally. Your money is in the hand of your neighbor. Please, God is not going to come down from heaven to bless you. He's going to use your neighbor. The same neighbor you have refused to talk to. The same neighbor your pastor will say, say hello to, you are looking at him. And you know the interesting thing? It's not everyone that wears their wealth on their body. As a matter of fact, those that, when you estimate them, you can count $1,000. If you check their account, they don't have it. So you have sized your neighbor. That are 50, 50, 150. I will not greet him. Let me turn to, I let know. Let me just, I'm just going to mind myself. Meanwhile, that's your 50, 50, 150. His account is 50 million, but he does not wear it to church. Don't look at, Bible says, know ye no man after the flesh. Don't look at people, size them up, and then behave like you are the alpha and omega of their life. Network intentionally. Your company is money. Number four, your competence is money. What are you good at? What can you do? Please open your Bibles with me to Proverbs 14. Proverbs 14, verses 23. It says, if you work at hard at what you do, <clears throat> excuse me, great abundance will come to you. But merely talking about getting rich while living to only pursue your purpose, your pleasures, brings you face to face with poverty. So if all you are good at is talk, when they give you the, your, the job to do, it will be a case of what you ordered versus what you get. Bible says it will bring you into a face me I face your apartment with poverty. What are you good at? 
Invest in yourself. People think that investment is only in the things that get you physical returns. You are your first investment. That's why when I started, I said, you ask me where is your money. Your money is inside you. Invest in yourself. Get skill set trainings. Get certification. Level up. Don't just wait and say, and where I was last year is still where I am today. And you expect that people will pay you. No, no. You see, I started this business two years ago. What I was charging two years ago is not what I'm charging now. Why? I've leveled up. Because I've gone for certifications. I've gone for training. So I charge my worth. But you still have only the BSc. Because in your family, you are the only member that has BSc. So you're already a local champion. Get certifications. Don't say, oh, this is not in my line. I, I tell some of the um, members of 360, read books beyond your area of interest. Don't say, I'm just an accountant or an accountant or, a, or an engineer or whatever business you are into. And that's all you're going to read about. No, read why. I learned that one from Pastor Taiwo. If you ever see Pastor Taiwo study, he has like three or four books. And in my head, I'm wondering, no, sorry, English. It means, are you going to finish all these books today? If you enter his library, it's like, an, it's like a museum. It's like this. And there are a lot of sites. There, there's actually a site I can um, give the pastors the link if you guys want to join, where you can ask for books, books on leadership, on Christianity, and they give you online, free. Read books. Level up. Don't just focus on your area of interest. Read wide. Read about different things. Learn about different things. Your competence is a skill because people will pay you for it. The last thing that is money is your character. And character is not only who you are when no one is looking. Character is what makes you different. And that's why I call it your unique selling point. You see, people don't pay for your commonality. People pay for your difference. What makes you different? Focus on the things that make you different. You know, one of the things that we learned when COVID happened and companies began to lay people off was that a lot of people were forced to introspect and look at the things they can do differently and people will be willing to pay them value for. What if they were not able to do anything differently? So focus on what makes you unique. Focus on what makes you different. Focus on the value that only you can create. Remember that God has already given you all that you need for life and godliness. So you have something that makes you unique. Please open your Bibles with me to Proverbs 22 verses 29. says, if you are uniquely gifted in your work, you would rise and be promoted. You won't be held back. You will stand before kings. So what makes you unique? Focus on it. Empower your uniqueness. Don't focus on your weaknesses. Focus on what makes you different. Empower it. Work at it. Your weaknesses, learn how to you know, remedy that. And if necessary, delegate but focus on what makes you different, what makes you unique, and then build on that. So money can be cash, can be your credibility, can be your company, can be your competence, can be your character. Any of these five things will make you wealthy, ultimately, if you know how to work them. So now that we know the different types of money, the first thing you want to do is evaluate yourself. And I call it your money position. Proverbs 27 verses 23 says, be diligent 
to know the state of your flock and to attend to your ear hurts. Be diligent. It's up to you. God is not going to help you. So you've seen the different types of money. Ask yourself, where are you? In your competency. It says that um, how to know the difference, how to know your money position is to evaluate your asset minus your liability. Your asset is economic resources of resources that have economic value, something that you own, right? Liability is something that you owe. So for your competence, what do you own? Do an evaluation on your competence. Do you need to level up? Are there some trainings you need to go for? For your credibility, is your name credible? Does it hold water or do you need to start building on it? For your cash, evaluate how much you own, all your assets, everything. And then how much you owe people, all your liability. Evaluate it and know where you are. For your character, take time to introspect. Who am I? God, who did you create me to be? What makes me different? What can I offer that differentiates me from the next person? Do an honest evaluation of where you are in terms of all of this. And then when you know your money position, begin to build on it. So if it's credibility, you know that it's an integrity matter. You need to work on it. If it's company, go to places where people that are where you want to be are and mingle with them. Find mentors upward and downwards. I tell people that I, it, people always want mentors upward. But as much as I have mentors upward, I prefer mentors downwards. Do you know why? They put pressure on you to be better. You see, if I'm reading my Bible just to study, right? I read, I study, I meditate. When I'm reading to preach to someone that I feel like I have to impact knowledge on, I do extra. Why? In case the person go and ask me a question that if God is fake. I gave them a book to read now. Christianity has failed me, right? Someone comes to you and asks you, Christian, and if it walks up to you and say, Christianity has failed me. I was a Christian. I said, you're quoting scripture. You know, even the devil knows scripture. So the devil will be empowering the person. You quote A, the person quotes W. Then what do you say? And that's why the Bible says, study to show yourself approved. A good workman, rightly dividing the word of truth. You see, a workman is someone that works, right? So when the Bible says, study to show yourself a good workman, it's because you are working. If you were just a normal member, you, do, you can just read, meditate, you'll be all right. But the day they come and, especially leaders, right? The day your members come and ask you a question and you begin to stammer, you know that you are for your hand. I won't even say you are for pastor's hand, but your own hand safe. Because the next time you say stand up, that member will sit down and wait for you to talk. So have mentees or have um, networks and relationships downwards because they put pressure on you to be better, a good kind of pressure, right? So know your money position. Now, when you know your money position, all of these types of money, the next question you want to ask yourself is set a money goal. Set your money goal. Your goal must be smart. Smart means it must be specific. You want to get a certification. When? When will you be done? How much will it cost you? You want to network. Where? Who are the people you want to network with? Male or female? Where are they? Not everybody will be your friend. Let's be honest. I told you to bring down your shoulder pad, but not everybody will be your friend. As a matter of fact, the law of association says that taking from the life of Jesus, there are different levels of association, right? You have the three, which are the Peter, James, and John. They are called the intimate friend. They are the ones that Yoruba will say, Korikosu, right? Then you have the twelve. They call them the close friend. 
right? They know you to an, ex an extra level. Then you have the 60 or the 120 that Jesus had, right? So you have the intimate friend, close friend. Those ones are the casual friend. They know Jesus, but they were never there when the communion was broken. They know Jesus, but even the intimate friend, um, the close friends were not there when Jesus was transfigured. That's for the intimate friend. You see the different layer, right? Intimate saw Jesus transfigured. Close friend, the 12 disciples. 120, casual friends. Then you then have the acquaintances. Those that think that they know you because they are your friends on social media. That you have that acquaintance. So be specific. Be intentional about your relationship. That's why I brought that up. So that you don't put everybody in your intimate circle when they should be in your close circle or your casual circle. You have to know the difference. Right? So set your money goal. Right? Write it down. And I want us to do an experiment. Write down what you want to achieve this year in terms of money. You've seen the different types of money. So your competency, your cash. I want you to write down. Everybody get a piece of paper. Right? Right. Ensure that whatever you are writing is specific, right? Be specific. You want to get a certification. You want to make new friends. You want to increase your net worth financially. By what figure? I hear people come and say, ah, uh, my coach, I want to just make money. I want to blow. And I tell them that you are no banger. You cannot blow. That's number one. Number two, money and wealth is relative. I can say that a million dollars is wealth to me. Meanwhile, Pastor Tolu can be like, if it's not a hundred million dollars, we are still poor. So money is relative. So you need to be specific. What does wealth, money, what does it mean to you? So be specific. Let it be measurable. Can you look at yourself in two months and say, I'm walking in the right direction or I need to change gear? Ensure that it is measurable. Ensure that it is achievable. Don't set goals that I want Bill Gates to be my friend. When? At December, really? And you're still in Nigeria? You're not Elijah. That the chariot will carry you and run you to U.S. Because if you run you like that, point of entry will run you back. So be realistic. Be realistic. Ensure that they are achievable. One of the things I like to tell people for fun, don't set a champagne goal on a Zobo income. Champagne and Zobo are not this. I'm not saying go and drink champagne over in church. It's just man I was speaking. So be realistic. What can you realistically achieve? then set a time limit for it. Set a time limit for me. As much as I've said that, ensure that it's measurable, it's specific, it's realistic, and it's achievable, please write it down. Write it down. The Bible says, I make the vision plain so that he that runs may see it. Another translation says that so that as he runs, he may see it. Write your goals down. Whatever you want to achieve, financially, network, competence, write it down. At the end of December 2022, this is what I want to achieve. Write it down. When the target is defined, direction become clearer. When I was coming here, because I know where I was going, I used Google Map. Now, imagine if I just said, I don't even know where I'm going this morning. Or I now called Uber and say, Uber, I'm going somewhere. They say, where are you going? You're not Abraham. It's only Abraham that I know that went to the land the Lord will show him. So the Lord himself was his Google map. If you try Abraham's blessing like that on Google map, it will not tell you recalculating. It will ask you, are you mad or something? <laughs> so you have to know where you're going. Because if you don't know where you're going, everywhere will look attractive. 
And that is why people get into Ponzi scheme. My friends say, ah, this place, there's moon. You go there. You don't know where you're going. So anywhere they call you, you just keep going. Last, last, you say you've lost your money because you don't have a clearly defined direction. So set the goal. Where exactly do you want to see yourself financially? Where exactly do you want to see yourself um, with your competency, with your relationship? Let it be clear because with that, direction becomes clear. And what happens is your goal determines your strategy. When your goal is clear, sorry, <clears throat> when your goal is clear, the strategy to achieving it becomes clearer. So set your goal. I set a goal that I was coming here this morning. Will it not be crazy if I start work driving towards Ibadan? Well, the Google map would have told me, recalculating, turn, make a new turn at the next junction. That's what happens when you have a goal. Your strategy becomes clear. Direction becomes clear. So set a goal. Don't just allow. It's not key, Sarah, Sarah. Whatever will be will not always be. Sometimes whatever will be takes a little bit of intentionality on your part. And I think that some things that Christians do is we ascribe to God the responsibility that he has given to us. We think that praying for it alone will do it. I realize in my scripture that even though God parted the Red Sea, he didn't help the children of Israel walk on it. They had to take that step themselves. So you can come here and pray for prosperity, but when they give you the job, it's a case of what you order versus what you, got, what you get because you have refused to build your competency. God is not going to endorse that. In fact, I read in scripture that God says, I will not cast my pearls before swines. Swines means pig. So you need to know where you want to go and then you, want to, you need to work at it. Having said that your money should be realistic, I need to talk about money mindset. You know we've talked about the different types of money. But the reason I need to talk about the mindset is, the Bible says that as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Research has shown that majority of the people that win the lottery end up squandering the money. Do you know why? They didn't win the lottery here, they won it here. So you need to work on your mindset. God told Abraham, Abraham, you've cried about a lot enough. Now I want you to arise. And as far as your eyes can see, because if you can see it, you can live it. But if you cannot see it, you cannot be it. So we need to, first of all, as Christians, having set our goals, work on our mindset. What do you say? I put a uh, thing on and I'm going to just read it. Right? Um, before this, everywhere used to be um, sand. This is a picture of Dubai. And this is the statement by the Prime Minister of Dubai. He says that, I, or he said that, I see the desert as a great national treasure, as one of the country's source of income, a fundamental pillar of our national economy. It's not an obstacle, a problem, or a challenge to be overcome, but an opportunity to create a new sector in the country's economy. When he made that statement, this that you see in the middle, was in there. It was all sand. But he got there and where people saw a problem, he saw an opportunity. I've had to pay $150 to vomit after going through this opportunity. When I say vomit, I mean I literally threw up everything I ate that morning because I don't know if anybody has been there. When you go to Dubai and do this, this sand dune and they will charge you. Well then, I don't know what they charge now. They were charging 150 and they put you in an SUV and you go like this and God help you. You eat something oily that morning. When you come out, Auntie Dumpty will have a great fall. So by the time I finished throwing up, I looked at my husband and I said, we paid $150 to throw up. But someone saw it that we would throw up 
and they will collect the money. So what do you see? Um, um, Bill Gates was asked one at an interview. He said, what will, the, the interviewer asked him and said, what will happen to you if you lose all your money? He said, nothing. I'll make it all back. Because he knew how he got it. So walk with your mind first. See where you want to be with the eyes of your mind first. Because as far as your eyes can see, you can be it. I've said be realistic, but don't just see those goals with the eyes of the physical. Dream with God. Believe with God. Because there is absolutely nothing that is impossible with God. I've said that to say don't set small goals for yourself. Set big and audacious goals for yourself. And then work towards achieving it. Because if you can't see it, you can't achieve it. So open your eyes. Ask God to help you. See big. Don't play small. And you have a big God to work with you. So work on your mindset. How do you work on your mindset? Read books. Read about people that have been where you want to go to. Work with the right people. Work with people that have been where you want to be. Work with people that are going where you want to be. So the people that are there would encourage you to come on. People that are going the same direction will say, we're in this together, you're not alone. And that will help you. So read books, work with people. Re not just books, listen to audio. There are a lot of audio books, um, seminars. Sorry, can I have a tissue? Sorry, I'm not friends with fun. Okay, so work on your mindset. See every problem as an opportunity. Allow God help you to dream, to see things, and then begin to work on it. So if you've set the goals, you've allowed yourself the opportunity to dream with God, right? And I said we're not going to just focus on the other. We're going to focus on the first one, right? Because I have time. So today we're going to focus on the cash aspect of money. So there are three, well, five fundamental things about the cash aspect. Number one is your earnings. Number two is your expenses. Number three is your debts. Number four is your investment. And the five one is your giving. So these are the five main pillars of cash or money, of physical money, right? The five main pillars of physical money. Your earnings, your expenses, your debts, your investments, and your giving. I need to say at this point, for business people, please remember, your business is a different entity from you. Don't get it mixed up. If you have a business, open a business account. Put yourself on a salary. Your business money is not your money. That is why statistics have proven that African businesses do not outlive them. Because you are the CEO does not mean that it is your money. I worked with a client once that was doing very well. And during the course of the conversation, I realized that, because she was complaining to me about her business, but the problem was not that the business was not productive. The problem was that all of our family expenses was on the business. So what happened? Her husband was living baby girl life. Uh, let me say here, ladies, I know we are independent women, but guys, sorry. I have to say this to the ladies. I'm looking at the guys to apologize. Ladies, I know we say independent woman, but please, you are still a lady. Give the men some responsibilities. Don't be too independent. You render your man useless. God could have made you the head. If he decided to make you an helper, don't not kill yourself in the process. And collect the money. It, 
if you don't have what to do with it, invest it. I, I, honestly, I have a true story. One of my husband's friend, right? We were working together in a tail company, right? And the guy was doing very well. So he used to give his wife a monthly salary. And she also had a great job in the bank. So she was collecting the money. She wasn't doing Miss Independent Feminism. I respect feminists, but you don't have muzzle. So be coming down. So she was collecting the money, but what she was doing was that she was investing the money. Then the husband lost his job. And when he came back home, she gave him the login details of the account. He called my husband and said, if anybody wants me to leave my wife, I will shake me for them. <laughs> By the time he saw the value that was in that account, he said, this is where he will die. He's either this woman or this woman. That even if he comes back in five lives, that he knows that there is none, he will still be looking for her. Anywhere I see her, he will marry her. So, yes, be independent, but don't render your men redundant. If you have the money they give you, don't say, I'm a, 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 don't guard this. Men, take care of your wives. She's Mrs. Impender, but support her. Right? And the women, you are okay, but take the money, invest it. God will help us. That's for married people. <laughs> so, cash. We're talking about businesses. Your money, your business money is different from your personal money. So, separate it. Don't get it mixed up. Live within the means of your personal income, not your business income. Put yourself on a salary that your company can afford to pay you and let the business grow. What you can then do is you can invest your business money as a business and then continue to invest your personal money as a person, but don't put them, don't get them mixed up. So we're going to look at these five pillars of your physical cash. Please feel free to write your questions. I will try and finish early so that we can take some questions. Earnings, the first one is earnings, right? There are two types of earnings that we can make. There's the active income and the passive income. The active income is what comes to you by your active life. You wake up every morning, you go to work, or you start a business, you deliver a service. That's the income that is active. Now, the problem is people forget that the amount of years you can, have and you can earn an active income is limited. And that's why you see a lot of people that we will set up GoMe funds for at their old age. Why? When they were, acting, when they were earning an active income, they forgot to prepare for a passive income. Because a passive income is not dependent on your ability, your competence, or your involvement. So every individual needs to ensure two kinds of income. Ensure an active income. One that requires your physical presence, that is limited to your skill set, your talent, your ability. Right? But that kind of income has a lifespan. You will see a lot of footballers, once they can't play football again, that's the end. And that's why our footballers, they will look like 45, but their age can never be more than 18. At best, 24. All footballers in Nigeria, they are our grandfathers, but they are always younger than us in age. <laughs> Actually, I got a maid recently. And, and when I got her, I took her for medicals. And when we went for the medicals, I said, how old are you? She now told me, 30. Ah. In my head, I'm like, I can never be older than you. From our looks, not possible. So when she told me 30, at the hospital, I said, let's come outside. Because in my head, I was like, let's not disgrace ourselves here. I said, let's come out to the car. So we got to the car. I said, what year were you born? She now said, 1987. Ah, I said, 87 minus 22. You know that like, the ages are. I now had to ask her, I said, please. What exactly is going on with your age? She now said, eh, actually, when she wanted to get into school, she changed her age. I said, so you're using football age. It's not me you will work with. 
So I didn't employ her because I felt like it was dishonest, right? But you have a lot of that going on because people forget that there is a life, a limit to their active years. So when they now grow old, they now say that, ah, what if I aspire? They will not use for voyage. While you are active, ensure that you put in something or you set aside something to earn a passive income. Why? A passive income is not dependent on your physical ability or involvement. It's limitless. You can earn it for life. Your children can earn it. My father has talks that I'm waiting for them to read the will. Hey, before they go and watch this video now. <laughs> so earn passive income that your children's children can earn and live from. Right, so two kind of incomes that you have to work towards, active and passive. So that's the first pillar. Once you, uh, once you work on those two, right, the next thing is your savings. Please don't save after you have spent. You don't save what is left after you have spent. You save before you spend. Now there is a general rule called the budget rule. It's called 50, 30, 20. I canceled it because I don't believe in it, right? If you are single, why are you saving 20% of your income? Because it says that you spend 50% on your needs, 30% on wants, and you save 20%. But it's absolutely irresponsible if you're still single. Push yourself. If you can save 50%, if you can save more than 50%, because when the children come, nature will force you to adjust. So while you have time, and while active income is on your side, save more. Don't do the minimum. Put pressure on yourself. I'm not saying live a miserable life, but I'm saying you can do better. So save beyond 20%. Don't follow the minimal budget rule. Right? Save before you spend. I realize that often it's not how much you earn is what you decide to save. Because one thing I've realized is that if they increase your salary, there's something called lifestyle inflation, right? Let's say before, when you come to church, you take Okada, Okekena Pep. So suddenly in your office, now you're now manager. Because you are manager, and then pastors have made you leader, how can a leader be jumping Okada? So you will now switch to Uber. And then you realize you can't save anything because what has happened? Lifestyle has inflated with your income. And then what now happened is you now change to Uber. You now be like, ah, oh, can't be eating Mr. Biggs again. Why can't I be working inside Mr. Biggs? Can't I even do Chicken Republic? What's the newest? I don't eat outside. What's the big one now? Taste is happy. I don't know. You, you will now say it's KFC. KFC is, yo! Thank you. You now say it's yellow chili that you used to eat because okra 200 naira will not cook the same okra soup of 3,000 that they will sell for you there. You will say, it's true. I'm not saying don't enjoy your life. We're going to get there. Uh, you know, I worked with CEO of Enjoy Your Life, so I'm assistant secretary, right? But we'll be realistic. If you don't put yourself, learn to put yourself under control, learn to self-discipline you realize that life inflation will happen. And it's even weird in Nigeria now. The expenses are growing. The salary is not changing. So you now say, I'm a big girl, and I can't be using a better pass my neighbor. Go now, I use diesel gen you go and buy. Diesel will now be 700. You cannot own your gen. Because, so, but if you have made up your mind that you will save first, you will spend whatever is left, 
there is, you know, the Bible says that money can grow wings and fly away. So set a budget. When you tell your money where to go, you won't wonder where it goes. There are people that enter and they are wondering, what did I buy this month? They can't find it because you were not intentional with your money. So set a budget. Tell your money where you want it to go every month and be committed to it. Be intentional about your money. Amen. So cut your expenses. Pay off your debts. The Bible says, oh, no man, nothing except the love of God. So if what you owe them is not love, pay it. And don't pray that your creditors will die. It's not a good prayer point. Pay what you owe. Because you hear people come and receive anointing. Let them forget my debt. Debt cancellation. What happened to the person that borrowed you the money? She only debt repayment. Pay your debt. Borrow what is necessary. Save an emergency fund. Before you go into investment, an emergency fund is typically three to six months of your living expenses. If you don't have a budget, you can never know it. Save an emergency fund. You can put it in little investment like money market. Money market is no risk investment, so it's earning you an income there. It's not just, don't leave, banker, I'm sorry, Mrs. Banker, don't leave your money in the bank. They are investing your money and giving you what, 0.04%? Don't leave your money in the bank. At least put it in money market. Let them be paying you 8%. They pay you minimum of 8 to 10% right now. So leave it there. Set your emergency fund. Leave it in the money market fund. Pay your debt. One of the ways you can quickly pay your debt if you have more than one is to do something called a snowballing method. What it means is that you list your debt in order of hierarchy from the smallest to the largest and you start paying the smallest. So if you owe five people, Right? Instead of paying one person a lump sum, if you're able to pay the first three people, at least the number of phone calls will reduce. You will have peace of mind. Then paying the highest, and four people are still chasing you. Do you get the snowballing? So pay the lowest first so that they go, especially if you have the one with the highest interest rate, pay the highest interest rate first so it reduces your total equity and exposure. Right? So if you do that for savings, and let's go to expenses. So remember, for saving, don't do 50, 30, 20. If you're single, push yourself 50% above. If you're married, you can work out something that can work for you so that you'll not be miserable. People that have children, open accounts for your children. Teach them about money. I realize that one of the problems of our generation is that our parents did not teach us how they made money. So we are left to grapple. Teach your children about money. Let them know. So this is money. You have the option of saving it, of spending it, of investing it. Let them do small chores in the house that you reward them for. So they know that you work for money. So that our children will not do rituals. If they know that there is honor in labor, there is dignity in labor, and that you work for money, they will not look for get rich quick scheme. But they get home, they don't know how their parents are making money. Today they come, there's rice. Tomorrow is Gary, is Gary, is Gary. Today they see the girlfriend, they will kill the girlfriend just to make money. But if the parents come and they are honest to say, I work today, if you do this, I'll give you a little reward. So they understand the concept of money and reward. They know that the reward for money is not cutting someone's private part. Save more than 50%. Pay off your debt. Don't pay, pray for your creditors to die. Work a snowballing method to pay it out. Expenses, expenses tips. Cut your expenses. If necessary, avoid eating out. I remember a lady I worked with, right? I told her for three months, 
she must not enter any restaurant. Her husband now called me to say, ah, you are hard, but she's living better for it. Now she can eat anywhere. Somebody's looking at me like this. Yes. You will see TFC, you will smile and pass. Then you open it on your phone and admire the picture of the food and you eat your bread. And then you put it in the day of, in pocket of time because the day of that TFC is coming. You even buy for people. So cut your expenses, right? Avoid eating out. Make your meals. You're going to the office, you're in a rush. Prepare your food the night before. Put it in a bag. Microwave it in the office. Reduce your expenses. Buy in bulk. Not in this one that don't be going to spa. I'll be up mat. It's not everybody's age mate. There's one place I used to shop in Ilopeju. I used to think that their deals were good because they told us that is my 12th mark. Hmm. You know that place now our church. So I used to go there, I'll be buying my children's face mask every time. 2,599 era. So I, uh, and I was buying it with Jesus because if you don't have face masks, you can't go to school. One day, my sister came back with two packs of face masks. I said, how much did you buy? She said, 3,000. I said, for one. She said, no. For the two. I said, yeah. She said, come back. I said, please give me. Next time, in advance, for when next you go, I gave her the money in advance. Since that day, I used to just look and say, you people, I like your, you. I might. It's not because I can't afford this, because it's unnecessary. So be realistic with yourself. Not because all your friends are going to help Master you want to show we can, we did not all come here. Our coming here and your coming here is different. Some people they are coming here is return on investment. Your own, your coming here is nine to five every day. You have come here now for five days. You went to work for five days for that one coming here that you have come. Let's be realistic. I tell, my, I tell people like, right? One of my friends will say, oh, are you going for summer? I say, yes. She say, hey, Mita, I want to go. I, Benny, I've earned my summer money since last year. So if you see me going for summer, I, it's not, I don't know, how will I wake up five days a week, 6 a.m. to 5 p.m., and I'll go and give airline? No. Let's be smart about it. Some people that we see are spending the returns on their investment. Don't play with the Joneses. Don't try to be like the Joneses. In fact, some of the Joneses are broke. So avoid your debts, right? Don't take a loan on something that cannot repay itself. A lot of people committed suicide in 2008 when there was the economic downturn. Why? They took loans to invest in the stock market. Don't take a loan for something that you are not sure can repay itself. Don't take a loan to buy a bag. Don't take a loan to buy a phone. Don't take a loan to buy a car. A car is not an asset. It's liability. Your, man, your, your mechanic will tell you. A car is necessary. I believe in luxury. Right? But be realistic with where you are. If where you are, what you can honestly afford is Uber. Uber is with Jesus joy in your heart. The time for car will come. And when you are able to put in, I, I tell a story. So a friend, one of the people I've tried to, I worked with um, during the year, right? A husband bought a house of 70 million in Lekki. And when they got there, after a while, her husband passed on to Glory. And she had three children to cater for. Two of them were in school in the UK. So obviously, you know what exchange rate is. And then she had the option of living in a four-bedroom mansion in Lekki. Just she and one child that was left with her or the realistic alternative that I gave her, which was to rent an apartment of two bedroom that was comfortable for her, and she was paying about 1.5 million in the same lucky face one. 
and then rent out our mansion for four million, remove our rent of 1.5, and add 2.5 million to help her children. She could have said to be saying, Me to all of us who are living in mansion with swimming pool. Oh, swimming pool is not necessary. So be realistic and honest with yourself. And the good thing is that the house is still earning income and is appreciating in value. But she's living well and her children are not suffering. When people come and say, my pastor does not like me, they're not helping me. <laughs> we have abjugated our responsibilities to the church. The church will help you train your children. You want them, the church to be happy, to be feeding you and be clothing you. Then when they don't, you say they don't like you. Do you like yourself? Let's be realistic. Live within your means. Don't take a loan for something that cannot repay itself. Work out your debt repayment. If you do this, your expenses will reduce. After expenses, the next thing you want to talk about is your investment, right? Warren Buffett said, one of my favorite quotes is, if you don't find a way to make money while you sleep, you will walk till you die. And that's the truth. So you need to find a way to make money while you sleep. Find a way to ensure that your money works for you. One of the few research I found, I, I found that, do you know that Olusegun Obasanjo earns money for every MTN recharge card that you buy? Yeah. When they were bringing MTN into the, into the country, they had the option of saying, should we pay you off for our life? Because he was the president then. Should we give you something? They said no, as a sharp baba. He said no. But every time someone buys, whether you buy 100 naira or 150, he's making money. Or 5,000, he's making a percentage of it. So tell me, is that not living an inheritance for a student? The percentage they're paying is not only to Lucia Gobasanjo, it's to his generations. So as long as MTN is in Nigeria, they will pay him. Another family I found that did that was Awolowo family. Do you know they pay him one naira for every bottle of Coca-Cola that you drink? See, the seed for tomorrow's harvest is in today. Don't eat your seed. The seed for tomorrow's harvest is in today. Don't eat your seed. Don't sacrifice your tomorrow on the altar of what you can get today. Today is limited. So be smart about your investment. Let's go to investment tips. You don't need a large amount of money to start investing. Contrary to popular beliefs, you do not need a large amount of money. You can start with as little as 1,000 naira. You can buy local stocks, GT Bank, Zenith Bank with 1,000 naira, right? You can buy international stocks. You can own a fraction of Facebook, Apple, uh, Microsoft, all of those with as little as 1,000 naira. They call it fractional shares. So contrary to popular belief, you don't need a large amount of money to start investing. Start small, but don't remain small. Grow big, right? Start small. I said earlier, don't leave your money in your savings account. The banks are investing it and making money on you. Set up an emergency fund before you start leave investing. Remember, your emergency fund is three to six months of your um, living expenses. Why do I say that? When you invest, the nature of investment is that it's risk involved. Now, depending on the amount of risk that you undertake, if you don't have a if you don't have an emergency fund and life happens or your investment goes through the usual cyclical stage, you will sell your investment at a loss to meet your emergencies. You hear of people that put up their properties at a discount. 
That's what happens. Life happened. I know we say, God forbid, God forbid, but life happens. Right? So set an emergency fund. What that happens is, if at any point in time there's a downturn on your investment, you have a buffer that can keep you till you recoup. If, for example, you, lost, you lose your job, you have a three to six month buffer. And if you're skillful, remember some of the types of money. If you've worked on all those things, before three to six months, you should have another job. So it creates a buffer for us. Right? So set up an emergency fund. Don't invest in something you don't understand. If anybody comes to tell you, oh, put this money, put your money in this place, and you'll make your money back 50%, 75% in three days, ask them how. How does the organization make this money? Research, ask questions. The only question that is stupid is that which you did not ask. And if the organization is too big to answer your question, they are too big to handle your money. So ask questions. Don't invest in something you do not understand. Do your research. I remember a friend called me when MMM was in vogue, right? I said, ah, let's MMM. They're making money. Let's put your money. I just got my 450 back. I said, okay, give me a few minutes. He was trying to raise 7 million to invest, right? Because he put 450, got 450 back. So I went to my office, checked online. I came back. I said, I'm not going to invest in it because it's fake. He was like, no, no, no. I'm like, well, I'm not giving you money because if I give you money now, we'll fight after. So... He ended up putting about one million naira. The money never came back. So don't invest in something you don't understand. Be consistent with your investment. Don't do one-off investment. Be consistent. Tell yourself, I'm going to set aside something every month, no matter how little. 1,000, 5,000, 2,000 every month. Put in something. Be consistent with it. For some people, automate your investment. If you know that you will forget, automate it. A lot of um, investment companies give you the opportunity to do direct debits. What that means is that when your salary comes, you know there are some family members that, it's like they know when your salary allowed you to come in. They will not call you 15, 16, when it's like 23, 26, 27, they will not be calling, ah, I broke one leg. I just want to go, I just want to greet you. Mama said I should call you. And so before they call you, automate. So when they call you, what you have is what you have. Uh -huh. What did you do? Right? So automate your investments. Don't look for get quick rich schemes. MMM. I will give you 30% in two hours. Is a lie. How are they making the money? Ask yourself, how is the company making the money? If you don't give the company your money, can they run without your investments? Because ask yourself, if they were able to pay you 30% return on investment in three months, why are they not taking loan from a bank? Something is definitely fundamentally wrong. Ask yourself, what are the companies into? What, what are they putting your money to use? So don't look for get-rich-quick scheme, right? You find scriptures, um, Proverbs 13, verses 11. I'm trying to wrap up so that we can take questions. Don't reward every win, right? Some people, they have not even given you the salary increment. You have just heard that the salary is going to be increased. You are already ordering. On the money that have not entered your pocket, you have gone on Instagram. That bone straight that you have been looking at, this is the day the Lord have made. So don't reward every win. It's not every time you buy bone straight. The time of bone straight will come. If you can't buy bone straight now, where you're synthetic, with Jesus' joy in your heart. And if they don't like you because you're not wearing bone straight, they are the ones with the problem. So don't reward every win. Invest every unexpected financial gift. 
So you know you set your budget, you know what you're spending every month. And someone just comes and says, ah, sister, God bless you. It's not time to blow. Except God says it's a seed. Uh-huh. Let me put caveat. If God is not saying it's a seed, invest it instead of spending it. So invest every financial thing. Aim to fund your lifestyle with your return on investment. That's something you can work towards. Aim to fund your lifestyle. You want to do baby girl life, yes. But work towards funding it with your return on investment. I tell people, I like to travel, but I ensure that every trip I take, I did not wake up 6 a.m. to work for it. So that when I travel, I can travel with my shoulder pad. That well, It's return on investment. So aim to work towards that. Get an accountability partner or work with a professional. There are people that are going in the same direction as you are. Find them and work together. Um, there's this popular saying that if you want to go fast, work alone. It says, but if you want to go far, work with others. If you want to go far in your finances, wealth building, right? It's not a sprint. It's a relay race. It's a marathon. So you don't need to go fast. You just need to go far with it. So work with, get accountability partners. People that will ask you, what's happening this month? Have you invested or have you blown it? Or did you blow it? Right? So work with people, get a professional. So let's look at investment classes. Investment classes. I know people, this is the part people want. So I'm going to talk about every investment comes with risk and reward, right? That's the flip side of investment. So we're going to look at the five classes real quick. The first one is fixed income. Now, fixed income investments have little or no risk. So if you know that, if you hear that, ah, 10% of your investment has been eroded, hypertension will just happen. Just stay with fixed income. No, you have to be honest with yourself. There are people like that. So you stay with fixed income, right? Money market, I mentioned earlier for your emergency fund. You can start with as low as 1,000, 5,000. There are no risk involved. There are um, expert investment advisors that are managing your fund and giving you the return on investment, right? There's bonds. Bonds, you have government bonds, you have euro bonds, right? Euro bonds is in investing in foreign currency. If you live in Nigeria and all your income is in Naira, you are on a very long thing. Edge your investment against inflation and devaluation by having a certain amount of your portfolio in foreign currency. And I don't believe in just changing dollars and leaving it in your house or invest it in euro bond. Euro bonds, I think the minimum you can start is with it is $1,000. So edge your funds. I remember... One of my um, sister's friends called me just before the lockdown and said, oh, she had about, um, was it 10 million? She didn't know what to do with it. I said, oh, just buy dollars. She was like, ah, I'm not traveling. I said, well, just buy. So she bought, I, th I think she said she bought about $10,000 then. She bought about $10,000 for, I think, 3.9 million, $10,000. That was in 2020 February. Today. That same $10,000, she didn't invest it though, she just bought it and left it in her account. Today, that same money is worth 5.7 million naira. What she bought at 3.9 million naira, what happened? Devaluation happened. Imagine if she left the money in purely naira. So, edge your funds, government bonds and euro bonds. Government bonds, the government has a lot of saving bonds they're bringing out right now where you can invest. They promise you a percentage. I think they're doing about 8 to 9% now. And you get your, your money is guaranteed, right? It's based on the integrity of the government. So if anything, no, Nigerian government has integrity. So if anything happens, they will print you new Naira notes. 
That's the worst that can happen. But you will get your money. Right? Then there are commercial papers, right? There are companies that need money to fund their investments, but they don't have, and they are not ready to go to the bank, or they are too exposed to the bank in terms of loans. So they offer commercial papers. MTN had a commercial paper bid a couple of uh, months ago. Um, last week, Cardinal, Cardinal Stone Investment had a commercial paper for 9% return on investment. So organizations come with commercial papers, and they, it's guaranteed because it's based on the integrity of the organization. But you want to invest, that they, you want to ensure that the organization is credible. But then you borrow them the money, they tell you where they're going to pay you back, and they pay you back. Mr. Africa also has a couple. I'm not advertising for this company. Remember, do your research. Right? So you have commercial papers. You have fixed deposit. Fixed deposit you can do with your bank. That's if you don't want your money to leave, you, leave your bank. Fixed deposit, treasury bill, term deposit, they do with your bank. Insurance. This is the aspect that Nigerians really don't want to pay attention to, but focus on insurance. If you have a house, ensure your house is insured against flood, what have you. Will they pay you back? Yes. Some actually do pay. So get insurance, life insurance, yeah, get insurance. Another thing that um, will be good will be your pension contribution. If you are working for yourself, pension companies have opportunity for you to have voluntary pension contributions, right? So if you own your business, walk up to any of these pension managers and they will open an account for you to, op to um, open a voluntary pension contribution. And they don't just leave the money, they invest the money for you. So you can actually ask them to send you a statement and see if they are doing a good job or not. So volunteer, uh, voluntarily contribute to your pension. And if you're working in an organization that already has a pension package for you, then that's just great. So yeah. So fixed income, there are little or no risk, right? You know what you're getting at the end of the month or the year or the turn of the investment. The next one you want to focus on is stocks. It's called equity. For equity, you have stocks or shares, you have private equity that you have venture capital going to, and then you have businesses. Stocks or shares, you know what that is, right? Um, companies in Nigeria that are listed on the Nigerian stock market exchange offer you to buy a portion of their company, to be part of the orders of their company. And a lot of them pay you dividend at the end of every year. Um, some of them also have the opportunity for capital appreciation. So you can look into the stock market, you find options. Now, there are a lot of um, fintech companies in Nigeria that gives you the opportunity to invest in foreign stocks. And you don't need a huge amount of money to start investing. So you can buy a portion of Microsoft, Tesla, and they will pay you. No, Microsoft does. Microsoft pay dividend, Tesla doesn't. They pay you dividend, and they will pay you dividends in dollars. So please, um, but the thing to note about stock market is, stock market is a bit risky form of investment in the sense that if the company should collapse, that's the end of your money, right? So you want to invest in companies that have good structure that are fundamentally strong. So you might need to speak to an expert or a stockbroker to ensure that the company you are investing in. And I give you a true life story. I bought Orlando um, at 91 Naira. That was... I think 2002, right? Um, after that, it went as high as 200 naira. My husband sold these. We're not married, they were just friends. He sold these. And then when he dropped, I sold mine. Today, Rwando is selling at five naira. So imagine if I bought it and I left it. That 90 naira that I bought it was at the IPO, the first time they got on the stock market exchange. 
you see the technicality of stock markets. So you need to get an expert involved, right? Um, that's one of the downside. I remember I bought, um, let me use Seplat. I remember I bought Seplat last year when it was about 400, 467 Naira. Two weeks ago, Seplat eats 1,087 Naira in less than six months. So that's the dynamics of the stock market. That's, uh, it was about 111 or 15% return on investment. And they had paid dividend in between, right? So um, ensure that you invest in companies that are fundamentally strong. You can look at the possibility of dividend returns and capital appreciation. Um, you are not the owner of the company. Do love your company too much that you cannot make rational decisions on your investment. Do you understand what I'm saying? Especially when it comes to stock market, be objective. Tesla was selling about $1,000 three weeks ago. The moment the fight in Ukraine started, yesterday, Tesla was selling about 700 and something. Imagine the person that bought it at 1000 But it's cyclical. It can go back up. So if you're playing stock market, you have to be in for a long term. Don't put your school fees in investment. Don't put your house rent in the stock market. Which are that important? Don't put your food allowance in the stock market. Put money. What? And don't borrow money to put. Put money that if there's a downtime, you can risk it. Yeah? You can wait the long haul. A lot of people committed suicide in 2008 because they borrowed money into the stock market. So don't do that. Right? Um, so yeah, that's the stock market. You have local, international. There's private equity. Um, I think the minimum for private equity is 50 million. If you have 50 million, there are a lot of venture capital companies that will look at small companies that have propensity to grow, and they'll put your money into it, help you manage them, and you get a very decent return on investment on it. So you have a couple of that. The next one to consider will be business. Start a business. Now, if you look at the five types of money, if you're able to introspect, identify your unique selling point, your competence, you might be able to start a business out of it that people will pay you value for. Real estate, consider residential, commercial, there are a lot of REIT in foreign markets. REIT are real estate investment trusts. So they are organizations that buy houses and then they rent it out and they pay you return on investment because you don't have the liquidity to buy the house by yourself. So that's called um, REIT or crowdfunding. Just pull people's money together, buy you the property on them. And then there's commodity. Commodity, you have gold, silver, cryptocurrency. Um, real estate is not very risky. It's just very long term in the sense that you might not get value in a short term. So if you're investing in the real estate market, you want to look more long term to get a decent return on investment. And there's commodity. Um, commodity, you have gold, silver, oil, cryptocurrency. Gold um, is called a safe haven because it was the first means of exchange that was officially recognized. So the price does not really grow per se. It's more safe. Um, um, so the return on investment is never really that great. It's just a safe place to put your money. Um, then there's cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency is very risky. Capital letter, very. Right? But they say it's the currency for the future. And I believe... Um, so what I advise people is put your skin in the game in the sense that don't put all your money but put one leg that if you blow you can stand like this aha uh -huh, you get it so yeah there are a lot of coins that are 
um, have good use case, but when you want to invest in cryptocurrency, ensure that you go with a coin that has a solid use case in the sense that there is value. Dogecoin does not have value. Elon Musk can wake up tomorrow now and blow the market up. Then he'll come and follow our hands again. A lot of coins like that that don't have use case, but there are some coins that have solid use case. And I hear um, it was in the news that the UK, gov the US government is um, looking into regulating the market. I don't think so because um, the proponents of cryptocurrency believe that because it's not regulated, people are free to transfer money and value as they wish. And that was the whole idea behind it. So research, do your research, invest in currency coins that have good use case. Um, and then you get, and there are also meme coins or what do you call them, pump and dump coins. It's, cryptocurrency is a class on its own. But if you're not a trader, if you're an investor, there's a difference between a trader and an investor, right? Investor, you're looking long term. Trader, you want short gains. So if you're a cryptocurrency investor, invest in coins that have solid use case. If you want to be a trader, you need to learn the market and be careful about the coins that you invest in. And then the last is cash, right? Cash is money that you have either in the bank or your pocket that can earn you a decent return. I haven't looked at all these asset classes. One of the things you want to do is to diversify your portfolio. And here's what I advise. Diversify your portfolio across asset classes. You see those five asset classes? Put a little bit of skin in all the game. So that if equity downsize, commodity is there for you, right? If commodity goes off, equity is there for you, or real estate is there for you, or fixed income is there for you. So diversify across those asset classes so that you have a solid portfolio. Diversify across currencies. Don't just put your money in Naira alone, right? And then diversify across geography. Look beyond the shores of Nigeria. Imagine what happened in Ukraine now. Some of them could not even go to the bank. What happens to their investment? But imagine if you had investment outside of Ukraine. At least you know that if I shall land US, my money is there, I'll still be all right. Right? So in, in, um, diversify across um, portfolios. One of the scriptures I like is Genesis 2, verses 10. And it says, let's open it. Let's open it. I'm going to round off in 10 minutes so you can ask questions. Genesis 2, verse 10. It's not there. One second. Genesis 2 verse 10 says, Now a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it parted and became four river heads. The name of the first is Pishon. It is the one which skirts the old land of Avila where there is gold, and the gold of that land is good, and it goes on and on and on. But my emphasis is, and it parted and became four river heads. So if four river heads can water the garden of Eden that the Lord God Almighty made, why do you think just one asset class can make you okay? So diversify your portfolio. The last thing you, the last pillar for your finance is giving. Luke 6 verse 38 says, give and it will be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So give. What do you give? Give your thight. Your thight is 10%. I don't care what Daddy Free says. I believe in it and it works for me. Pay your tithe. I heard someone say, and I believe it, he says your thight 
it's a 10% that makes the remainder meaningful. For some people, God might tell you to do beyond 10%, but the minimum is 10%. So pay your fight. Pay your offerings. Pay your first fruit. Your first fruit is your first increase, right? Some people say it's increased by business or increase at the beginning of any, every year. Whatever the Holy Spirit lays in your heart, but pay your first fruit. Give alms and seed. The Bible says the poor you always have amongst you. And the Bible says that the hand of the giver will always be on top. So give. And then he says he will be giving back to you. But what I like most is he says with the same measure. You cannot give sparingly and expect to reap bountifully. It's with the same measure. So give. Don't be coerced. And the Bible says that don't give grudgingly. He says, give of a willing heart because God loves a cheerful giver. I remember um, when I was going to give birth to my first son, right? And I've calculated medical bills and I told my husband, oh, we needed this amount of money. And that year, God was like, drop your first fruit. And I'm like, sir, you know what I'm looking for in a couple of months. But then I went to the senior person, I dropped my first fruit. And then my husband called me and said, do you know someone paid one million euro into my account? I'm like, uh, who? He said, I don't know the person. I said, well, go to the bank. Before we spend the money, yes, he said, now come and find us. And then he went to the bank and, you know, he was asking who paid this money. And he said, the person said he doesn't want to be known. That we know the person, but we cannot tell you because he said he doesn't want to be known, but he wants to give you that money. So we got one millionaire for free. To today, we never said thank you. With the same measure, I'm not saying I gave Pastor Tai one million error, but thank God, God says it will give you good measure, pressed down, shaking together, but it's with the same measure that you give that will be given to you. So please give. And learn. Commit to reading books and money. This is just a few. Read Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, The Intelligent Investor. There is The Millionaire Mindset. There is The 50 Prosperity Classics by Tom Butler. And there is The Bible. Read your Bible. There are a lot of financial nuggets in the Bible. So read. Read books, listen to podcasts, listen to seminar. There is a lot to gain when you commit yourself to financial literacy. And finally, I like to leave people with this thought. Money is just a tool. Please open your Bibles with me to Luke 16. I'm going to read it in the TPT translation space. Luke 16 verses 11 says, If you have not handled the riches of this world with integrity, who should, why should you be trusted with the eternal riches, treasures of the spiritual world? I take it again. If you have not handled the riches of this world with integrity, why should you be trusted with the eternal riches of the spiritual world? How you handle your money is an indication to your heart. The Bible says that where a man's heart is, there is treasure is. And scripture here says that if you cannot handle wealth, properly how will you handle spiritual things so money is a tool to enable you live the life that god wants you to right and enable you to do the work of god so the purpose of god is that every believer will be wealthy in all the types of money and i pray that we will get to that level in jesus name 
Finally, I would like everyone to do this with me, and I don't mind if one or two people can share with us what they would do differently. Please open your Bibles finally to Proverbs 14, verses 23. Proverbs 14, 23. It says, I'm reading TPT's version. It says, if you work hard at what you do, great abundance will come to you. But merely talking about getting rich while living to only pursue your pleasure will bring you face to face with poverty. So it is not enough to get information or have, or have talks like this. I think the more critical question is, what are you going to do with all that you have heard? Ladies and gentlemen, the mic is open. What are you going to do? I don't know if anyone wants to share with us what they want to do or what they will do with, what, what are they going to do differently? from here. Anyone wants to share with us before we open it for question and answer? What are you going to do? I've been talking for the last over an hour actually. <laughs> what are you going to do with all that we have discussed today? <laughs> yes, the yes, the God bless you. Please give a round of applause. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to say thank you for all you've shared with us today. But in all of it, I, the most I'd want to do this year is in competence. I believe knowledge is power. With this, I've been able to learn differently. I think I've been a victim of um, the Get Rich Quick Scheme. And that competence is what I would really want to do differently. I want to empower myself in every area possible. Great. Please give her a round of applause again. <laughs> Hallelujah. So she's going to work on that competency. Great. Anyone else wants to share? Yes, sir. Thank you so much. It's been a very uh, enriching time. But uh, while you were speaking, three things, actually, think, three areas I think I need to work on um, based on the outline you set, set forth for us. Uh, one is the area of cash. Uh, I, most times, I have cash, but I'm a very bad fund manager. But with all you said today, and I just realized I never really knew more, I never really understood much about euro bonds and translating my Naira into foreign currency in terms of security of investment. That's a very critical area. And secondly, I, I have network. But yesterday I was reading on LinkedIn how to use network, how to explore network to your advantage. And again, you just mentioned it here now. I think that's God talking to me. Most times we build network, but how do we leverage on those network to profit or to enable our business capabilities? And that's another thing uh, also considered in your, in your presentation. Then thirdly, character. You know, we do a lot. And character is, is the new currency. How do I leverage on that? I mean, improving, if I tell my client, this is it, and that's how it's going to be, how do I improve on this in my business culture? And these are three key things that actually hit me while we were doing your presentation. And while we were talking, I was writing that whole lot of things and how I can improve, I can improve in these areas and make my life and personal business better. Thank you so much. Thank you. Please give him a round of applause. That's great. Anyone else wants to share? Yes, ma'am. Ah, Pastor, will you wait so that you'll be the last? 
Thank you so much. Um, it's been very impactful. I was following on YouTube before I got here, so I didn't miss any part at all. Thank you very much. Um, I'm going to work specifically on procrastination, you know, because I tend to put things off to later. And then look at foreign exchange going up. If I'd done the needful a while ago when I had the opportunity by now, uh -uh, things would have been, <laughs> my face would be shiny more. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's one aspect I'm really going to take away with and educate myself more, more research. Maybe I have to find a way somehow to incorporate that into my daily activities, my daily goals, um, researching and acting on, and then also seek counsel. You know, so I think, um, yes, um, that and um, I can be negligent too, so I'll be more intentional. So it, everything ties together. So thank you so, 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 so much. God bless you, ma'am. Amen. My pleasure. Anyone else? <laughs> Anyone else? Okay, pastors. Okay, no, she Bisala wants to share. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me appreciate people that came with me. I'm sorry. That is Iyanu, one of the leaders in Church 316. That's the youth arm of the Fountain of Life Church. That's Abisola Detola, one of the leaders. And Bumi, one, the head of our, one of the leaders of our um, World Wednesday, one of the leaders in 316. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, thank you, Ma. Thank you so much, Ma. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we know that she's powerhouse, but thank you so much. Thank you, thank you so much. One thing I, I now do differently is get more certificates. You know, I'm one of those people that said, ah, please, when I read the university, I managed. Please don't come and stress me. I'm not doing it anymore. So I think I'll go for more courses so that I can at least, if not for schooling, schooling, you know, we learn education is um, diverse. Even if it's for what I do now, at least make sure I, I, I grow more on that aspect. And then money. I don't have to keep money. I can't spend. <laughs> I, like to, I like to buy. I like to, you know, eat good food. Even if I cook, I still like to buy outside. Let me try different things. I think I'll, I'll, I'll manage that more. And then, you know, I'm this give, 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 give person. Now I've known that you don't have to give all the time. You need to know, and I'll learn how I've learned how to manage my finances, and then the extra income that comes in, you know, all those dash dash. I now know that I don't have to dash some of that money as well to invest it and then to be more, you know, more wise. I've learned a lot. Thank you so much, ma'am. Hallelujah, Pastor. Sir. Hallelujah. It's okay to say hallelujah, right? <laughs> Well, my note is plenty, Pastor Bisoye, but I will try. I have to look through it because as she was speaking, thank you so much, Ma. As she was speaking, I, I wrote some of the things that I would do, so I have to go through them one after the other. Please permit me, just so you know that I have learned a lot. Amen. Number one thing I wrote, not number one, just the thing I can see right now, he said, I, I have to learn not to sacrifice my tomorrow on altar of convenience. And that's when she spoke about, uh, don't eat your seed. Don't eat your seed. I, I have to pay a bit of attention to that. And then I, if I, your name is in my notes. I said, discuss with Pastor Bisoye. That's on uh, uh, when you started talking about fixed income. I, I'm a low risk taker, you know. You don't have to go too far to find people who want to invest in money market. Uh, so I now realize that, okay, you can also 
invest in foreign currencies, euro bonds. I've heard about it before, but I just didn't pay a bit of attention. And uh, I will not procrastinate anymore. Uh, and I know my wife warned me that time, but I did not listen. So um, I've learned to listen to her now, learning the hard way. Young men, I hope you are paying attention, especially the ones that just got married. Listen to your wife. All right. Um, then I also, yeah, learn more, you know, get more. Uh, I know Ecclesiastes 10, 10 also says, uh, if your heart is dull of what you use, would that be, it requires more strength to, to get the work done. And that's not wisdom. So learn more, read more, get more certification. You know, if I have to go back to school, I will go back to school. It's not a big deal. So uh, quite a number of things, but let me just stop here for the sake of our time. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. As Pastor was speaking, something just dropped in my heart. For single people, right? Discuss money before you get married. Statistics have proven that one of the main causes for divorce in marriages is financial related. The fact that he's the man does not mean that he's the one that will undo the money in the home. Right? So have a conversation. What's your strength? What's my weakness? Or what's my weakness? What's my strength? So if the person that can handle the money better in the home is the man, fine. If it's the woman, yes. But discuss money before you get married. So that when you get married, people see if they are spiritually compatible, if they are physically poor. But we don't check if you are financially compatible. Meanwhile, most times people don't break up for not being physically compatible. They will break up for not being financially compatible. Because everything that she earned, everything that he earned, then you start complaining, he's not taking care of the family, he's not paying school fees, he's not feeding. The one I even saw on Twitter now, they are measuring yam, they are putting food stuff in the car. So when they are going to say, this is the record of rice the family is eating for today, they will count meat. How many meat are you eating? Cut the meat like Tinko. You know Tinko. No, it's so big like this. So before you get there, while you are dating, have money conversations. What's your perspective on savings? What's your perspective on investment? Who handles the funds in our home? Get perspective. If two spenders marry, your children will be on charity case or church-sponsored list. I don't know if the church has. They'll be on sponsor list. Or maybe be the chairman of the sponsored list. So ask questions, right? Um, I believe that God will help us in Jesus' name. There will be no lack amongst us and the grace to make wealth to manage well, and to translate it to generations. God will give to us in the name of Jesus. God will work our hands to make wealth, and the wealth will outlive us in the name of Jesus. We come against every distraction, and we thank God that from today on, the grace for transgenerational wealth is ours. Father, we thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. I don't know if anyone has any questions. Do I still have time for questions? or? Yes, sir. Thank you for the opportunity. But I have something that I want to uh, talk about, but let me quickly share a few things. A few things you, you brought out, I realized without even knowing, I may have done some things right in my younger age. And one of such things we're talking about, when I got my first job, I realized when I get my salary, I pay my tithe and I buy a book and I buy a shirt. <laughs> that was my culture. So. And I read a lot of books, I mean, at, at that stage of my life, and most of them still help me to date. But the, when I was 25 years old, my medical director 
in my first employment. One afternoon at about 2.30 p.m., he took me around the hospital, 60 bed capacity. He was telling me very clear things. He told me, my son, look at this place. I built it with the money I earned from the business. I never took a loan. He said, you will grow, but remember, loan is risky so that you can have peace of mind when you sleep. And that was a long time ago, but I realized those words, they keep re-echo in my mind every day, right? The business that we do, I have never used loan. I have learned to grow organically. Whatsoever we, we cannot earn, whatsoever we cannot earn to fund, we don't need it yet. But it has helped me to have peace of mind. But sometimes I think I don't have enough risk appetite. That maybe I'm holding the business to grow beyond the bounds it ought to go. Now I am on that crossroad. I have funds coming in. Will you take this loan? Will you take this loan? But it worries me. Because I don't want, I want to be able to get back to my house and sleep in peace. For the, for the years I have managed my business, no banker has pursued me. How do I balance it? Trying to look for, trying to accept loans and grow. The risks that come with it, are they the things I'm able to manage? Or should I remain where I am and grow, let my business grow organically? I'm able to, we are building a capital base now. Should I just remain and let it grow like this? Or look for this loan and lose my peace. So I just need you to help me <laughs> unravel this mystery. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Okay, so um, to answer that question, it might be better to look into the books of the company a bit more in the sense that you want to ask yourself, can you repay the loan? A loan is not bad. The problem is the purpose for the loan. If you live in a first world country like the US, they thrive on credit. In fact, if you don't take credit, you can't buy anything because they need your credit score. And I think Nigeria is beginning to build credit score right now. However, one honest question to ask yourself is looking at the business holistically, right? Do you need the loan? Can you pay back the loan? You see, if you invest in something that you know that can pay back the loan, you would sleep. Why won't you sleep? If anything happens, your business is a limited liability company. So they're not going to hold you. They will hold the business. And if the business is structured and profitable to pay back the loan, then you can take it. But one thing you want to do is introspect. Spend time to look inward. If it's that like you are afraid, it's a different ballgame, then you might need to deal with the fear factor. But if it's not a function of fear, then you want to look into the structure of the business. Speak to maybe your CFO or accountant or something and look at the business. So if we take a loan, what return, what rates are they offering us? On the issue of loan, please don't go and do all these online loans. The number of text, do you get that text message? Tell something, don't take it. People don't read the fine lines. You say, just collect your phone numbers. That's aside. Don't take it. Because people have been sending me messages. I ignore boys. It's avoidable. But just to come back to the question, if it's fear, you might want to deal with that fear. If it's a loan that is for the business that is profitable, will make the business grow. Because the truth is that times are changing. So if you need a loan to make your business up to par, to scale your business, and you refuse to take it, it's like Nokia. Who is using a Nokia phone here today? But the first phone I ever saw was Nokia 3310. That green light. 
And then that was like the hype. But because they stopped reinventing themselves, they have become obsolete. So if you need the loan to scale the business and the project is profitable in the sense that it can't afford to repay the loan, don't let fear hold you back. Because a loan in itself is not a bad thing. It's what it is being used for that can be a bad thing. But if the business has the propensity to grow organically without a loan, then like the person that's building an hospital, nobody's chasing him. Where is this competition? There's no hospital competition. Anybody that has sickness, we go to us. You get what I mean? There's some businesses that you don't technically have a competition. People don't look and say, ah, fine hospital, not fine hospital. When headache hits you, you are not looking at the color of the building. <laughs> uh, it's true. So it depends on the nature. That's why I said you might want to look at the business. It depends on the nature of the business. It's like restaurants. When KFC first started, it was shocking them. I told my sister that if they continue, they don't put rice and beans with pepper. They can't survive Nigeria because Nigerians, we eat pizza. But now, Dominos is doing buy one, get two every week. Because we, that's not our nature. Our culture is that we eat spicy things. And God bless you, my sister. There's no about, there's no fufu there. It's true. So you see that now KFC have closed most of their stores. You see Swiss Sensation, they, have, they change. Our new Burger King in, the, in VI, they will soon start. Just give them some more time. They will get it. It's still shocking all of us. Me, I've not entered now. It's still shocking all of us. After like three years, the Burger King, you know what I mean? I'm jealous here. So that's the nature. So there are some businesses that you know. Nando's came to Nigeria. What happened? Nando's have gone back. Because you are not putting a bar. There is no okra, seafood okra. So it depends on the nature of the business. So just check the business. If it's necessary, get it. If it's not necessary and you can scale organically, then it's, it's fine. Yes, fine. I know. Yes. Like Pastor Bistoye said, most businesses in Nigeria, the big men we see in Nigeria, they are the ones owning the banks. Dangote, his loan portfolio in banks is, do you understand? So, loan is good when you, like she said, what you want to use it for. Look at what Dangote is doing at the free trade zone. I'm sure the banks in Nigeria, they're happy they gave him the loan. Then one thing loan will also do for you is to tell you that, okay, this is not my money. I need to work harder. I need to pay. I need to sleep. So when you have it, it makes you to get your business to a better level and also make you and your staff to work hard. We need to pay. It's not my money. Because, okay, it's my money. It's my five million. If anything happens to it, it's my money. But when you know the loan is from the bank, it's up to you to say, look at our project. We are, yes, it challenges you to do better. That's what I feel. Amen. Great. You have a question? Yes. Yes, sir. Praise God. Please, the question might be funny, though, but I wanted to ask, Ma, is um, thrift a good way of saving? Like, all these ajoda. <laughs> Your office people will just come up and tell you, hey, we have eight people. What to do for 40K every month? Do you want my honest answer? Yeah. <laughs> or do you want a doctor answer? My honest answer, ajo is not a good investment. <laughs> if I'm not the first person to pick the Ajo, yeah. now let, let me tell you the math. No, no, let's do the math, right? So let's say 100,000. Yes. We're doing for a year. 
100,000. And then we send money to someone's account. So the first person gets 100,000. Yeah, number 12, we are December because you want 30 December. So every month, you have sent 100,000. Bank transfer fee, 50 naira. And SMS and all of that, right? So 50 times 12, that's 600 naira. The day they all send back to you, they will still charge you another 15 naira for, okay, we're fine. They will still charge you another 15 naira for stamp duty. That's another 600 naira. So 1,200 has gone on transfer charges, right? Yeah. When you give the first person the 10,000, 100,000 naira, inflation rate in Nigeria then was at 11, 11%. By the time you get to December, when you are packing, Inflation rate has reduced your money by 15%. So what you are getting that you think you are getting 1.2 million, you are getting 1 million based on bank charges and inflation, right? However, if you are number one packer, when they give you money, you don't even like risk. You don't like to shout. You just take that 1.2, just put it in money market, 8%. You will, by December, you will willingly pay the person. Do you get what I mean? So truth is not bad. It's, it's a way for you to cultivate the saving culture. However, if you are not the first packer, if you are not the first recipient, I put packer in my mouth now. <laughs> if you are not the first recipient of the contribution, I would rather you automate your savings into a money market fund, right? So if you put a standing order, your salary comes in on the 26th, you put a standing order for the 27th. So that same 100,000 is being deducted from your account automatically on the 27th. It goes into your money market. From there, you can then decide, oh, there's an investment opportunity that I've researched and it's lucrative. I want to take I want to take advantage of it and will earn me better income. But at the same time, the company does what the Ajo is doing for you. It's automated, but it's also earning you a better return on investment. So if you even do it for a year and they pay you 8%, 8% on your 100,000 in a year is 80,000 naira. Okay, ma. Thank you. Please, the, the, the last questions I have, I, I actually wrote them down. I have one that said, do you, should you feel bad like when you, ha when you have dependence on you and... You have like the salary is coming. You're trying to do other businesses to make ends meet and all. Then you have dependence on you. You need to give this person this. You need to sort this out. Then also, can you also advise that you give money to an organization that helps you with investing stuff like CarryWise and the likes yeah. of them? Okay. Um, second question first. Yes. If you don't have the time or the know-how, it's better to put in a company that you're sure can invest it from you. So yeah, you can use all those companies. Just research. Because um, right now, a lot of companies are collapsing, um, especially all this tech. Agri-tech and a couple of them are running into trouble. Um, so you want to check with SEC. You can check online to see that the company is regulated. Once the company is regulated, then you know that if anything happens, SEC has a buffer, or at least they have your back in terms of um, legal backing. So yeah, you can invest in such companies. Now the second question, should you feel bad? Okay, so I said that scripture that says the poor you will always have with you, right? It's, it's, my philosophy is part of your budget should be given. And that's why I wrote that giving is one of the pillars of personal finance. So what you want to do is set aside a portion of your income for giving. Now, when you exceed that portion, you tell the person to wait till next month except it's an emergency. Right? Because the truth is, people will always have needs. One thing I also realize is that if they don't get it from you, they'll get it somewhere else. You are not the Alpha and the Omega. Neither are you anyone's creator. So, 
you can set a budget that, okay, every month my giving is going to be 10, 20% of my income. Once you exceed that, commit, to the, commit them to the one that created them and is able to cater for them. If they can wait till next month, then by all means, help. If it's an emergency, then you might have to um, ex extend your giving a little bit or ask for help where it's necessary. But yeah, set aside something and then when you can't, please say no. There's power in saying no. Right? So I, I have friends that have money, but they will still ask you. They have, you've not met people that have money, but you still go on dates and they wait for you to pay. So, but there's power in saying no. Even God says no to you. You see, every, anyone there that every time you pray, God says yes, yes, yes. So if our father that says that the cattle on a thousand years are mine, the gold is mine, the silver is mine, saying no to you, who are you? So please. Build the I think let me say for men, especially men that are not married. Sometimes say no to your family. Let me tell you why, right? I'm not saying deny when it's an emergency or when it's expedient. But if you don't set boundaries, when you get married, they will call your wife a witch. Not that it's my brother's house, so my leg will be in the ceiling. Let them know that they are setting boundaries, or at least be letting them know that Madame is coming. And when Madame comes, not that when Madame comes, life now happens. Your ten thousand now reduced to five thousand. They will now say she's the witch. She does not want you to take care of your mother. So when you are single, educate your family, right? If when you marry, you are able to still meet your obligations, please do not reduce your obligations. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that your wife is an excuse to go down or back down on your responsibilities. No. If you can exceed them, what I'm saying is set certain boundaries. Understand that saying no is okay, right? And when you can afford it, saying no when you cannot afford it is okay. Let me rephrase that. Saying no when you cannot afford it is okay. But when you can afford it, then by all means, as much as God gives you the grace to do, please go ahead. Yes. Tax. Sorry. But I think it's a cultural it's a cultural issue here and has made a lot of us very poor that we would have been. <laughs> and and it gives a whole lot of a whole lot of sense of of um entitlement. Entitlement, yes. Because yeah. they believe, oh, I will just go like I've learned to to over time manage those issues. People don't even know how I'm faring. Nobody cares how, I mean, if your job is even okay, if how you're coping, you have a family, how you're paying the bills. But anytime you get a call, is there's a demand. I feel that's very, very offensive. And the truth is, there's no, there's no polite way to talk about it. If it is wrong, it's wrong. You have to set the boundaries early enough. I have a family who's my primary priority. Whatsoever I have left, if it is left, you can queue up. But I think that's just how it is. But I think in the recent, black tars has made a lot of us, mostly not just Nigerian, Africans, because it's a cultural thing. And they believe I sent you to school. I would have even gone to school if you didn't send me to school. <laughs> they believe I sent you to school, that you must do this, you must do this. It's a burden. I think we have to see how we can navigate uh, around it. Thank you. Yeah, actually, very right. I, I think that a lot of parents see their children as their retirement package. 
that's actually that's the way it is. A lot of African children are retirement package. And the honest truth is we might not be able to change how our parents believe or see things, but we can change how we see things. So again, I guess trainings like this help us to ensure that when we get to their age, we are not our children's retirement package. So we might not be able to change our parents, but the change can start with you. So let's ensure that when we grow old, I remember my son one day was asking me, he said, so when I grow up, I'm going to build my house near you. I say, lie, lie, go far. <laughs> he said, what? You don't want? I don't want. We will be married by then. He said, yes, you are your wife. Far, far, far. I don't. So you won't be seeing me. I don't want to. Oh, my, I'm seeing you now. I don't. I'm already. It's six years. I'm already telling him. I don't want to see you. When you marry, just go far. We visit you when I can. If I can't, we see you on FaceTime or Skype. So I guess our generations will make things better for our children and not be and then we can begin to change the narratives yeah any other question yeah yes my is um should i say a question plus comment and i really appreciate uh, this time out one of the things that really stood out for me is that pension and i would love to relate it with the benevolence that he mentioned as well and you already said it that um you know there's still that mentality like you said sometimes like oh, i'm just doing all i could to send my children to the best school so that they will be the best so that when it's time yeah i will sit down and relax and eat the fruit of my labor and uh, one of the labor that we need to do is what you just said we should have pension scheme if you have pension scheme you won't see your children as your investment portfolio that is one then the benevolence part um i remember before we got married my husband and i we met a mentor um pastor Kondishuri, and uh, he spoke to us about finance and one of the things that really stood out for us is that we should have different accounts for different things and then he spoke about budgeting and one of the things he mentioned is benevolence he said have an account for benevolence he said because you must understand that the terrain or wherever it is that you are you are meant to be a giver as a family that you are uh you have people who will come to you even if not family members neighbors or people who really see you or know you even from social media some of us will receive messages that oh can you help me out can you help me out with that have an account for benevolence when you exhaust that that is it all right don't beat yourself up don't think oh but because you already planned even jesus said how many of you want to build a house and you will not sit first and count the cost so we must do things the kingdom way we must really deliver ourselves from pleasing people. That is how we still tend to feel um, uh, entitlement, uh, you, you know, the entitlement mentality and all of that. So have a benevolent, benevolent account as a family or as a personal person. Once your money is coming, you remove your tithe, like you said. You know, there's so many things that you've mentioned that we really have to do. Oh. So, so, so percentage, 10%. After the 10%, maybe it's 2%, 3% for benefits. Whoever comes first receives it. Or you know that it is sure you give to your parents every month. That should be part of a plan. You know, like we are the ones that now say, okay, we are delivering our children from that that is a must that they must give to. But of course, even the Bible encourages that. So, whoever you have to give to, no, but let it come in percentage. Oh, or sometimes we're not going to, oh, I'm sorry, this is all I could do. But you have given it, you have given, God will definitely bless it. So, you have no power over their own opinion. So, don't let that um, eat you up. So, 
self-deliverance is one of the things I've gotten from this. And thank you so much. God bless you, ma'am. Amen. Okay, Bumi has a question. Please let me know when we stop the question so that we can. Okay. Um, thank you so much, Pastor Viswe. Uh, okay, last question. So um, I want Our to. Camera okay, mind, second please. to the last question. Third to the last question. All right, so I want to ask this question. Okay, so I want to ask this. Um, <laughs> all right, so it goes this way. Uh, so there's some. Okay, so I have this set of people that. Um, okay, I, if I, this is the first time I'm hearing that you could actually start your investment as low as 1,000 era. Yeah, I understand that. I think according to, um, I know when you go through um, calorie-wise, they'll tell you something about mutual funds that you can start as low as 100 naira. I don't understand what that means. So, but yeah, I'm hearing, uh, like, I mean, she's my pastor, and she's telling me that I can save as low as 1,000. So one thing that this has done to me today is, um, what's it called? It's more like an exposition that I, I've, I've learned, I've gone to, it's more like a revelation, like that aha moment for me, like aha. But this is the question. So there's some of us, like some of my friends, okay, let me just say, some, someone like me, the moment you start telling me um, this percentage, this percentage, I'll just be looking at you. Yeah, you're just saying it. It's more or less like a matrix to me. I cannot, the moment you start with uh, a 10% in this and you can put it to treasury bond and this is, I'm just looking like, because it's not a language that I understand. And so even when I've gone to insurance companies, I've gone to all these places, my friends that work at banks, I've, seated with, I've sat down with them, tried to understand all these things. And at the end of the day, when I leave them, it's like what I just saw. Like, <laughs> that's how it was sounding to me. Yes, thank God for you that you actually simplified all these things. But I can tell you that even if there's this part I said, go search for a brokerage or this, 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 make your research and this. I'm telling you, someone like me, if I read everything and make all the research, as long as they are saying you can do this and do this, I will still understand. So the question is, how can it be simplified for someone like that someone that finds himself in a position so, so, um, just like me. Ow. Okay. Um, for someone like you, that's why I said it's also open for you to work with the professionals. If the percentages confuse you, then a professional will definitely sit you there and say, okay, what do you earn? So they would then say, two naira. It's no more percentage. It's now actual figures, right? But if I do that for you here in public, it's not applicable because your situation is peculiar. Right. Alternatively is, um, I don't know if you know how to use Excel. Do you know how to use Excel? I've confused you again, Abby. No, because if you use Excel, if you enter the percentage, it will just give you the actual figure. Right. So alternatively is, um, the alternative is to use Excel so that what you then see at the end of the day is the actual figure that you need to put into what. And then that simplifies it. So it's either you work with a professional or you put the, f the percentages on Excel and all you get at the end of the day is, okay, so I earn 200,000, 50,000 is money market, 50,000 is stock. That just breaks it a bit down. So one of those two would work for you. And you can work with people. Get someone that's also working, that has the same salary grade and is also trying to work with what you are trying to achieve. So you just be, whatever I see you do, but ensure that your goals are the same, your risk appetites are the same, 
then you can replicate because you can't replicate for everyone. But if your goals are the same, your age is the same. Your, because one of the rule of thumb for investing based on risk is you do 100 minus your age. That tells you how much risk you can take, averagely, right? So if you ensure that you know, some of those metrics are the same, then you can just replicate with your friend if one of those two does not work. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Praise God. Thank you very much for your time. Um, as Christians, we have to make money, right? Uh, but I just want to ask, how do we balance making the money and working for some certain people? Okay, let me put it this way. There are a lot of us in different communities of work. Uh, we believe that bankers should work in the bank, stuff like that. What about people who, who tend to work with, I, I wouldn't want to mention brands like that. Like, I don't want to mention brand, not, not, not per se that kind of brand. But there are some certain brands that maybe I feel, as a Christian, I shouldn't be associated with. But I want to make money now. And what these people need, I can give it to them. Okay, how do I balance it? Okay. Like, for, I have a lot of friends who are Christians. Who, lately, I have a friend who got a deal with a big brand but it's contemplating because of the fact that we are Christians and shouldn't be relating with this kind of brand. Okay, okay. <laughs> so how do you balance that kind of... And I feel like um, young Christians like, like us, most of the time we get carried away with the fact that I shouldn't be associated with this kind of line, but I want to make money. Okay. Um... The way to do that is, right, there's no one blanket fits all rule. You have to be honest with yourself. And I thank God that our relationship with God is personal. It's not general, right? So you need to ask yourself, check your conscience and ask God, do you want me to do this? The truth is, um, some people might not be able to because God is not in line with their purpose and their conscience. The Bible says that all things are lawful for me, right? But not all things are expedient. It says all things are lawful, but I will not be brought under. What that means is some things that we even consider Christian for some people is not right. I did not confuse you. Some things that we consider a Christian, for, consider Christian things to do, but God will insist that for you, it's a no-no. So what do you do in that kind of situation? Meanwhile, for someone else, it will be okay. Right? So you have to then dig into your personal relationship with God and get to a place of fellowship with God and say, God, I want to buy this. Should I go ahead? And if your relationship with God, he will tell you yes. No. I was working in a company before. When I left to serve in a church, my boss called me and said, are you normal? Tell me your new salary. I said, I'm even taking a salary cut. It was like, I was, I'm going to increase your salary. It was, I'm going to promote you. And I'm like, nah. So it wasn't, my job was not a sin. It was just a purpose alignment issue. So when you get offers, right, our litmus check is, 
the word of God? Is it considered a sin in the word of God? If your answer is yes, it is a sin in the word of God, then ask God if you are still confused. Some things are blankets, right? If they tell you to come and do smoking adverts, you don't, except you are looking for someone to endorse your sin, you don't need a pastor to tell you that you should not smoke weed. It, health reasons will tell you you shouldn't smoke weed, right? If they tell you to come and sleep with your boss's wife on TV now, or just kiss someone on TV that is not your wife. You don't need a soothsayer. It's not a sin. Well, it's a sin. She had to fornicate. Don't let me say it's not a sin. I was thinking of kissing my head. Do you get what I mean? There's certain things that you know that they are sin, right? If they ask you to do it, if you are asking, you know what the word of God says. At the end of the day, the word of God is a litmus check for everything that we all do. So the first check is, what does the scripture say about this thing? If the scripture says you can do it, then you still need to ask God, is it lawful for me? If the scripture says that you cannot do it, sorry, what are you asking again? No, no, I'm, no it's not mentioning brand. If, that's another. Do you, get, do you understand my question, right? The first check, the Bible. If the Bible says no, it's a no. Anybody that tells you otherwise, something is faulty. Right? If the Bible says it's a yes and you still feel uncomfortable in your spirit, then you need to ask God. And I'm sure you hear God. If you hear from God, he will tell you if this is what he wants you to do and if this is not. And you have to be comfortable with walking away from some good deals. I think that that's something that a lot of Christians are not. Everything is not favor from God. Every open door is not God that opened it. So we have to be okay with walking away from some doors because the devil will open some doors to you. When we get to that point where we are okay with saying this door does not, is not from God and I'm okay with walking away from you, you'll find that, that just on the other side, God will open a bigger door for you. So be comfortable with saying no. Be comfortable with walking away from deals. I tell people, the only person that has something to lose on any transaction deal is the person that walks onto that table without the ability to live without a deal. Do you understand? You will shortchange yourself if every time you get to a negotiation table, you are not confident, in, 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 are not confident enough to walk away without a deal. Have you watched Shark Tanks? People that get and they are very shaktank, people that get and very desperate, and give me 5%, give me 10%, they will most likely scatter the business because they will not offer you 2% for what you're asking for. So be comfortable with walking away without a deal. Check the word of God. If it says yes, go ahead. If it says no, and you still want to do it, then ask God. But I'm sure that the word that God will speak will not, will not contradict his written word. Right? And because everyone is doing it, does not mean you have to do it. And if you feel like, if I don't do this, I'm going to miss out, then ask God. God compensates. If you feel in your heart that, ah, if I miss this one, I'm going to suffer, ask God. You see that he will open another door for you that will just rubbish the first deal that you got. I, I've had people like that that turned down a business deal because it wasn't great. <clears throat> because it wasn't honoring God, sorry. And just at the end of that, God opened a bigger door for them. So be okay with walking away and just ensuring that you stay in line with what God wants you to do. I answer your question. Good. Final question. Thank you so much, Ma. It's not a question. I just want to add some few things to what you've told us. Thank you so much, Ma. You've said it all. As in, it's like in all my years, 
have not heard some of the things we've said. So I'll just start from where you stopped with what that brother said about, okay, Pastor Ibukawushika said something one time about a cousin that wanted to get that was going into a company. It's not even a company that has a name that you can say, okay, maybe this is not good. But she knows she asked her not to go. But because of her, I believe, after three months there, she had to leave. She said she could not stay because she couldn't compromise her faith. Also, Sister Tony Ara Lekbo said she went into a company. It was posted in the newspaper. Then after some years, after maybe like a year, she could not stay. She had to return the biggest of the biggest Prado Jeep that was given. Even Nigeria said, Mommy, why? But during pandemic, the, the company collapsed. She was like, if she has stayed, and name because sending her CV out to get another job, you are leaving that company that, that just went down. So there are some things, even when we get inside, when we see what they are doing there, we can leave. What I want, actually wanted to say is about what you said about character. When I was coming, I was just thinking inside of me. I was like, okay, I'm old school. I believe in the old time religion. You know, that character, when you said it is money, it's, it's, it's great. In our, in our society now, people, we've dropped our character. So it's money. When I enter the lift, when I'm going to the office, and I get into a lift, if I meet people that will make sure I greet, I greet everybody. Nowadays, people don't see that as a basis. Where I am in my office now, it was greeting that took me to that place because I was able to bend down and greet a colleague, which I don't even know is older than me. Please, we need to know that character is money. Then addressing is also money. I'm old school, please, if I'm saying it. It's money. When you have to dress well, I saw on maybe online that a lady went to get to an office and she was wearing a lection. The man that, when he got there, the man just sized her up without doing an interview. Just asked her, we can't give you this job. Dressing also is money. There are some places you can't enter not dressing well. There is a difference between your dressing to a party, your dressing to church, and your dressing to an office. It's also money. Some people just size you up. Instead of wanting to help you, they just say no. Like we said, we are in Africa. It's our culture. You need to dress well. Then the last thing I want to say is about our investment. Whatever anybody brings to you, when they are telling you 10%, check with your banker. Pastor Bissoui said 8% in money market. I don't even think in, in the banks now, FTD is about 3 2%. It's as low as that. FTD for... Yeah. Yes, as low as that. So, money market that, is different from FTD. Yeah, that's I'm what, just yeah. trying to say, first trend, time deposit, it's as low as 2%. So, someone coming to you to tell you, I'm offering 14%, go and ask questions. Just walk into your bank and ask, what is your fixed term deposit rate? Can I do it? Like, I, wanted, I needed to do something with um, this microfinance bank. I asked myself, okay, I needed to put money. Like you said, don't put your money in the bank. <laughs> I needed to just save some money and earn some few change. They now told me microfinance will give me 11.25% for 30 days. My bank will give me 2%. I have to ask questions. Why? Because I now realize that most bank will be finance bank. They can do this fund, funding people that are going to school. On, on the $10 million, they will, they will collect 5%. On your $10 million, they are collecting 500000 And if I do, if I give them... 10 percent i mean my 10 million they'll be giving me 11.25 they're giving me less than 100,000. so 
I know where they are. Pastor Biso already said it. You know where they are making their money from. So please ask questions. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. You can do better than that, please. You know, you didn't have to pay for this. The church didn't pay for this. We did not pay her. <laughs> so you can do better than that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Please. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, please be seated. Pastor Bisoye, <laughs> we are grateful. 